Hi, everybody. You're listening to Coffee Talk at the Castle with your host, Alyssa. Hey, howdy, hey, this is Alyssa, and we are talking about Food and Wine Festival in episode 15 today. Ooh, I'm not going to lie to you. I am coming off the high of being at Disney World. It was, we were there for a whole week, excited. So six days in the park. We did two at Epcot, two Magic Kingdom, one in Hollywood, and one in Animal Kingdom, and loved it. And to be honest, it's been a while since I've been there in the summer. A little bit scared, a little bit nervous going into it because, again, I have two kids. I haven't been been there for a while, and I have a very dry heat where I come from. Don't get me wrong. We're in the triple digits, but it's dry, and humidity is a whole nother game. But because of so many things, so much research and just helpful tools that I know and also research ahead of time, we definitely set ourselves up for success. We had all of our um, neck fans, stroller fans. We had ponchos for the lovely rain. And yes, it did rain every single day we were there. But we were prepared and it didn't stop us. The weather did not make us change our plans. We just kind of adapted and we were ready for it, which really helped make this trip even more special. But like I said, today we are going to be talking about the Food and Wine Festival over in Epcot. Now, I know some of you know that there there is a food and wine over at Disneyland. However, it is not the food and wine spectacular that is come to known by so many people in Epcot. And the beauty about this is Epcot has four different festivals and it really brings in the the Disney lovers, as well as people who aren't so keen on Disney, it's kind of an incentive to be like, hey, check out this amazing food and these amazing alcoholic beverages. Oh, and while you're here, come enjoy the park. So it's a great way to bring in more people and just broaden their audience of who would normally go to Disney. So with that being said, let's just dive right into this awesome episode. So before we get into the current food and wine festival, I would love to just give you a backstory about this. And a lot of people know food and wine is one of the classic festivals, and that's because it is. It's been around since 1995. It started off with 25 marketplaces, which is a great variety, especially for their first year. And it came from a really awesome idea. So back in the 80s, there was actually might have even been the 70s. Time Magazine hosted an event over in Aspen, Colorado that was called the uh, Food and Wine Classic. And it kind of was the, uh, let's see, the the baby, the, <laughs> the just the, the little seed that started this whole thing. And it kind of got people in Disney World starting to think about this. Now, it also helped because it stirred up the fact that in fall, Disney World is kind of dead before this, I should say. They had a problem with attendance. Um, you know, the summer is done. People are getting into school. It's not quite the holidays, which, of course, is another huge moneymaker for Disney. So you have this lull, and not to mention, it's hurricane season. So it's not necessarily the best time to visit Florida. Unless you throw in a really cool incentive like this food and wine festival. Now, right before it started, the 
Hilton Orlando Lake Buena Vista Hotel actually had just hosted a vintage grand tasting over by um hosted by ABC Fine Wines and Spirits and this was kind of a really good um guinea pig and test subject for Disney because it was a 2-day event held with seminars filled with wine tasting for actually $150 you were able and this is again back in 95 so 150 per person would get you all the food and the wine that you wanted to taste and there was like over 500 um fi- over 500 wine selections so there's a ton to choose from and then 75 would just get you into the seminars so this was an interesting idea and again an interesting guinea pig test subject and all of this actually happened in October which was another great little perk of like okay I see what you're doing And Hilton did it in October to, again, boost their occupancy because in Orlando, it wasn't necessarily a popular time to go visit. So this definitely pushed Disney to just say, you know what? Okay, let's go ahead and do it. And that's where the root and the beginning of Food and Wine Festival occurred. Now, during the first festival, it did only last for about 30 days. And most of the next few years, it only lasted for like a month. It was a special time that they were going to do things. However, if you guys know the schedule now, it's 2021 and food and wine is lasting 129 days. That's over a third of the year. So there's a few things that come into play. One, some people can just say the obvious. Disney's being greedy. It's a big moneymaker, so why not spread it out as much as possible? And actually, some of these booths that I'll be talking about for this year, they don't even open until October 1st. So if you go right now, you don't get all of the booths, which is fine. There's a ton of selection right now. But it is kind of one of those things where you're like, why couldn't you just open with all of them or why not do a shorter window? The other side of the coin, though, is that Disney was trying to be as smart. This is the nice side of it because of COVID. So instead of having this tiny window where they're jamming all the guests into this time frame and you have the deal with park reservations, hotels, busy parking, busy park, because everything is at capacity to squeeze in as many people as possible during this food and wine, Disney's decided to lengthen it. So I'd like to think it's more on that side, not the fact that Disney is just hungry for my money, but they're going to get it anyways, because I just went. (laughs) So yeah, so like I said, 129 days of this, it went from July 15th, all the way into November 20th. So you've got all the Halloween time that it goes into, as well as your Christmas time. Because as you know, the next festival is right around the corner after that November 20th date for the festival of the holidays, which in my opinion is one of the best festivals. But we're not talking about that today. (laughs) Now a few tips to get you started if you're thinking about doing uh, food and wine, or really any of the festivals that involve specialty food items, you know, Festival of the Holidays has this as well. You really should think about uh, bringing reusable straws. If you're fine with drinking out of a cup, um, it's fine. It's, you know, you just have to deal with either drinking on the side of the cup or you have those lovely paper straws that just disintegrate, especially with those frozen beverages. Seems to be one of the worst things, worst ideas I get. Obviously, they're trying to get away from the plastic straws. No problem. However, there's nothing worse than trying to drink a frozen beverage. And not only does the straw just can't 
can't grasp the thickness of it, but it also starts to disintegrate into your beverage. So if you can't chug a slushy-like beverage, you should probably just bring your own reusable straw. And while we're on that, there are tons of reusable straw cases, and make sure you get one of those cleaners too, because you will want to clean it correctly. Nobody wants the mold up in their fancy drink that they just spent 10 to $15 on. Am I right or am I right? Now, while you're getting those special drinks, they are going to ID you. I think almost all of the booths, except for maybe one time, they ID'd us. And I, I, I'm i not going to lie. I don't look like a newborn person. I'm definitely over 21. I'm almost 30. And I look it. I have two kids and I'm tired. So <laughs> I definitely don't look over age. But Disney is covering its butt here. And it's definitely policy to bring your ID. So if you don't have a valid ID too, this is a big issue. When we went to eat the festival of the holidays a few years ago with my whole family, my brother-in-law went to get a margarita with his wife and or my sister, I should say. And as they were getting it, so the rule is two drinks per valid ID. That is the Disney rule. It's a hard rule. They will not, they won't do anything about it. It's just, that's the rule. It, you can't fight it. It is what it is. And so they're at the margarita stand. She went up there with him and his ID had expired by just, oh gosh, his birthday is the 11th. So I think it was like within 20 days that his driver's license expired. And they are like, sorry, we can't give it to you. And he's like, dude, like, come on, like it just expired. Like it's fine. They're like, no, it's not a valid ID. And his wife, my sister, was like, that's fine. I'll just buy his drink and then buy mine too. And they're like, no, we can't do that because you just said you're buying it for him. So they are very stingy and I am not going to give you any like, you know, sneaky ways to do this because I, to be honest, they should be, they should be very strict for a reason. It is an alcoholic beverage. So make sure you're enjoying it responsibly as well as making sure you're getting it legally. So you have a valid ID and you are over 21. Nobody's sneaking in those alcoholic beverages to anybody else or buying them. So yes, make sure you have your valid ID if you are going to be drinking in around the world or basically anywhere. They're Particularly at the booths, they are very, very, very strict. I can't stress that enough. Now, if you are drinking or just if you're enjoying Epcot and walking around in the heat like one does, whenever you go to a booth, key tip, ask for a cup of water. Most booths have um, the availability to go ahead and just give you a cup for free, no problem. But it's an easy way to stay hydrated, especially if you're going to be having those alcoholic beverages because you're going to dehydrate so much faster, especially with the humidity. Of course, you're sweating it out. You're walking around. And if you're not eating while you're drinking, it is especially important to just keep staying hydrated. So Like I said, you're already in line to get your fun beverage. Why not just ask for a cup of water and drink that water right before you enjoy that special beverage? Are you looking for an easy way to keep track of all those amazing beverages and drinks over at the Epcot Pavilion? Look no further than Park Aesthetic Co. Their temporary tattoos is an easy way to check off. It's basically the autograph book for those 21 and over if you're drinking around the world. They last for two to three days without scrubbing or an easy removal process with baby oil. Designed and cut in the USA and safe and not printed on letter mercury. Be sure to check them out on Instagram at Park Aesthetic Co. or on Etsy to buy your own temporary tattoo. Again, at Park Aesthetic Co. 
So there is another fun activity that you can do over at Food & Wine that is definitely more family-friendly than just, you know, hanging out and eating everywhere. It's kind of like a miniature scavenger hunt, and that is the cheese crawl. Now, it's not very good for those that are lactose intolerant or allergic to dairy or gluten, (laughs) but if you're totally fine and you can eat whatever, then this is definitely one of those things. So um, over at uh, Flower and Garden Festival, they had this uh, veggie graze or something like that where it's similar scavenger hunt to where it's like you get the food, get the stickers for completing all the orders of the foods, and then you get this free item at the end of it. So same kind of thing. This time around, it's with a whole bunch of cheesy goodness stuff. Of course, I didn't try any of these because most of them involve some type of gluten. But um, it's also similar to the cookie stroll over in festivals of the holidays. So I feel like doing these scavenger hunts definitely incorporate more of the family feel. And it's fun for adults, too. But instead of just, like, walking around food to food, now you have these kids that are also um, getting these stickers to complete this little book. It's also, like, the scavenger hunt for Remy, you know, all across the pavilions. If you haven't heard about that, they hide uh, Remy with, like, a certain food or something over in the pavilions in random spots. So it's a fun little, again, scavenger hunt that they do to incorporate everything that's going on and really helps with the family members to be like, oh, yeah, like, kids, you do this. I'm going to eat this. And none of these are alcoholic. These are all cheese stuff. So if the family all wants to try all these goodies, maybe even rate them all, that'd be fun. Is I know working through recipes, one of my... Um, my aunts, when whenever we got a new recipe book, she taught us a way to where you rate the recipe as you're working through it. That way, if you go back looking for a recipe, you can be like, oh, wait, I didn't like that. I can see. or it, And she had like a star system. But what I'm trying to say is it'd be fun to kind of be your own like chef celebrity judge for this cheese crawl. I don't know. Just something cute like that to get your kids involved, especially if you have younger kids. But yeah, so if you complete all five of the stickers or all five of the food items, you get a prize, which is a complimentary cheesecake. It is a strawberry, like, um, not mousse, but kind of like a pudding type of cheese with cheesecake bits on top. Um, I think to do this... All the food items, it'll be like $23.50 or right under $24 to get all five of the food items. And then, of course, you get the complimentary cheesecake. So, again, fun activity for the whole family and just to keep it going. And it's not just like, oh, we're booth hopping. It's a little extra thing. Again, like Kid Caught, like I've talked about in other episodes, they really are trying to have the whole family in mind when doing these activities. Okay, okay, I know, I know, I know. You've been so patient waiting to actually be like, hey, listen, when are we going to get to the meat of this? I want to talk about this year's food and wine. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Okay, okay, okay. So I will talk to you about a few of the things that we got this year. And we didn't go crazy because A, we have a severe allergy in our family. B, I have allergies as well. So a lot of times if a booth contains something, I don't eat it, whether it's for my allergy or just because I'm concerned about Reagan. Um, she has a severe peanut allergy. So m- any of the booths that have peanuts on it, I just completely skip over. It's not worth it for me. It's not worth getting a peanut, touching it. It's just, it's totally not worth it. So I'm going to be completely honest and we are not a family that can try every single item 
around the world. That's just not not something we're able to do. But I will share with you a few of the things that we were able to do. Over in Mexico, of course, Mexico is a favorite of ours. I love Japan. I already said that in past episodes. But But Mexico is definitely in my top three favorite pavilions. Now, ask me to name the other third one. Uh, Changes a lot with the different seasons. But anyways, again, we started in Mexico. I think it's the way to start when you're doing the world. If you started in Canada, you're just wrong. No, I'm just joking. But also, could somebody explain to me why you would start in Canada? I don't know if it's just because you're thinking like a clock, so you're just going clockwise and then you're just like a rule breaker if you start in Canada so you're going counterclockwise but um yeah somebody if somebody starts in Canada can you please like direct message me or comment on one of the photos and tell me what is your reasoning because like why you start in Canada is it just because everybody starts in Mexico is because that's that's an okay reason and if you have your own just let me know or maybe you are one of those interesting people who start right dab in the middle, you know? You're one of those, like, let's just start in America and work our ways somewhere. I I don't know. I don't know. Back to Mexico, though. So I tried the El uh, Tigre Margarita, which is um, Ojo de Tigre with pomegranate, prickly pear, pineapple, ginger juice, like a whole bunch of different things going on there. And it's hibiscus rimmed. um, It's hibiscus salt, but it's got a rim around it. So this was my drink. Uh, I couldn't eat a lot of the booze, so I drank a lot this one day. We started off hard on the first day so that I could enjoy food on the second time we were in an Epcot. But this margarita, the margarita itself was pretty good. The rim with the margarita itself, I don't think they were really working. I give it a 5 out of 10, actually. Um, there were times where I would get a clean rim part of it that I was like, oh, this is good. And then I get it with the rim and I'm just like, oh, there's like a spiciness almost to the hibiscus. And I don't think it was supposed to be there. So my husband tasted it and he's like, no, I have to have the rim. Otherwise the prickly pear was too prominent for him in the drink, which is so funny because I love prickly pear, which is probably why I liked it by itself. So to be honest, there's a lot of flavors going around, going on there. And if you don't like prickly pear, it probably isn't the drink for you. And you should probably try something else. Or if you just want a typical margarita, they have those in the booth um, a little bit closer to the pyramid. Of course, you can get those on the ice or you can get them frozen. They're all really good. Your standard margaritas there. But um, yeah, so I I don't think I would order it again. And I definitely wouldn't pay $11.50 for it again. So um, the other food item that my husband could not get enough of is the chilaquiles. And it has um, chorizo in it. So it's got the crispy corn tortillas with the salsa verde, Monterey Jack, topped with crema, Um, let's see, it's got pickled onions and of course the chorizo. So my husband did go back to this booth in order to get this again the next time. He really loved it. He like gobbled up all of it the first time and he was like, oh, I didn't get a photo. (laughs) Um, but it was so good. However, he does give it about an eight out of 10. He thinks it was really good, but he did give a nod to say, lamp lights are definitely better, which I'm like, okay, that's a good little comparison. So if you've had lamp lights, then 
He says they are better over there, but it's a close second for sure. So I'm like, okay, okay. Now over in China, my husband did have the crispy fried shrimp while the girls were napping. And um, he said, so it's supposed to be with uh, like a spicy Szechuan noodles, but he said it's totally not spicy. Like it's really mild, really tame. He's like, I couldn't, if you told me spicy was in the description, I would have been totally surprised because he's like, there's no heat to that. So I don't know if you got it on a bad day or what. So if it is spicy to you, don't come after me. It is my husband's opinion. Um, He gives it about a 7 out of 10 is what he said. These are about $7 um, for these, again, noodles with the fried shrimp in them. And I forgot to say the chilaquiles over in Mexico were $7. Now, Moving on to Italy. This one, I feel like, wasn't necessarily hyped up as much, but a lot of the cast members kept telling me to try it, and that was the Italian margarita. Like, probably... Okay, so I was wearing one of the tattoos, like the Drinking Around the World tattoos that day, and I probably had four or five cast members stop me and were like, oh, that's a cool tattoo. What have you tried so far? Yada, yada, yada. And... Literally, every single one of them was like, you need to try the Italian margarita. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's on my list. The first day that we went there, it was a crazy long line. And I was just like, I can't do this. I can't, I can't, I can't do this right now. So the next day I made it a point, like my husband was like, you, you just get it. Like I love lemon stuff and I love limoncello. So, and I love a good margarita. So limoncello mixed with a margarita. Heck yeah. So I'll give this one like a 7 out of 10. It really is like a frozen boozy lemonade. So the lemon is very strong in it. So if you don't like lemon, you're probably not going to like this. If you've had a shot of limoncello before or if you've sipped it because you can't do the shot, wussy, um, then you'll know that very strong lemon taste I'm talking about. It's definitely very – the fav- <laughs> the flavor profile is all about the lemon, but it's super refreshing too because it's like the slushy likeness. So, like your typical frozen margarita, only topped with limoncello and of course made with tequila as well. So, those are our, I guess, standouts of what we tried. Um, I know a lot of other Disney bloggers have gone through all the menus, and like I said, I myself. It's just not possible. First of all, we were only there for two days, and our bellies, let alone our livers, would be killing us if we tried everything on the menu, and it's just not practical. Someday we hope to be going there a lot more often, but this year is just not the year. This is going to be our last stop probably um, before the food and wine closes, but like I said, we always go to the festival, the holidays, so I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, there are a lot of reviews out there is basically what I'm trying to say. And if you are trying to favor a certain booth or you want to go visit it, you know, there's one, oh, I forgot what it was. It was like the Swinky Swine or Swinky something about pork. It looked delicious, but one of their items had peanuts in it. So I I couldn't eat it. And on this note, I just want to like park it here real fast because I feel like there is a missed opportunity over at the Food and Wine. And that missed opportunity has got to be about allergies. Now, I going <laughs> going from a myself who has allergies, but they're not necessarily as anaphylactic, I should say, as my daughter's. Yeah, my tongue swells up, but 
and nothing. I can still breathe, if that makes sense. My daughter's is full on. She needs an EpiPen. She's carrying it with us. We have multiple on us all the time. So um, she is more severe than the standard allergy. And I feel like there is such a missed opportunity for this. Even in the parks, we were sitting in Japan eating something. And I overheard a younger woman. She's probably in her 20s. And she's like, this sucks. All I Like, literally all I can do is drink or I'm going to have to inject myself with an EpiPen. And that was hard for me to hear just because, I don't know, I being a mom of somebody who has such a severe allergy and um, this is such a huge event and Disney is known for making magical things happen. I don't think it's a stretch to have a top eight allergen booth, like, or even two, like one for like snacks and one for desserts. I don't think that's asking a lot and top eight, but I should say top nine because I think sesame should be thrown in there as well because I know that's a huge one now, but I think having a booth where it's like, that's a safe spot for me to go and for even just for food and wine, it's a nice, not just gesture, but it's like. I'm paying for it to be here and allergies are becoming more and more prevalent. So I think having a booth like that would give way more opportunities to people who have food allergies, families who have food allergies. I myself would pay more to make sure my child and my family is not eating something that my child could be in danger from. So like I said, I'm just going to park it there and just like food for thought of Disney, like, Here's your opportunity. It's staring you right in the face. There's other times where I've talked to chefs and they they go above and beyond for Reagan. And I feel like having something like that would just really be the cherry on top of a great experience during food and wine is to have a safe booth that all of us can enjoy. And I don't have to even think about it. It's just a safe place to go. And Part of me is like, even if it was prepackaged, but I don't know, team up with a bakery that does it. I mean, I know Aaron McKenna has a lot of allergy-free products, but wine, I'm sure there's an allergy brand like Enjoy Life who would totally do a team up with Disney for food and wine to do a booth sponsored by them or whatever it is. I really think that is a huge opportunity It's 2021, guys. Let's get it together. And, you know, I see that they do the um, plant-based proteins, which is great. I know a lot of people that are vegetarian and vegan who love that idea or they're just not eating animal meat. So it's like if we're doing Beyond Meat as the brand is, you know, I'm not just saying, oh, Beyond Meat. No, the brand, Beyond Meat. Um, Then why can't we do an allergy booth? Come on, guys. Let's, let's, Let's do this. So... With that being said, I have a lot of strong feelings about it, and I think now enjoying this festival while having kids and having a kid who has a strong allergy, um, it's definitely changed my thought process of how to enjoy these foods and how to enjoy these foods safely while having a magical time. So with that, I will go ahead and wrap up this fun-filled episode and To be honest, now I'm just kind of drooling thinking about that Italian margarita again. I know I gave it a 7 out of 10, and I'm like, oh, should I give it an 8 out of 10? I mean, that thing was pretty refreshing, but I feel like a 7 out of 10 is more true to a general 
public rating. If you like lemon, you're definitely going to be more like an eight. Anyways, back to closing on this episode. I'm already distracting myself. Um, Thanks so much for tuning in on this episode. I'm really grateful for you hanging in there. Shoot me, if you've been over to Food & Wine, shoot me a message and tell me what your favorite food item was or tag me in your photo. I'd love to share it. I'd love to share your experience. And of course, going on to future weeks, please share any of your stories about Disney, Disneyland, Disney World, just any of them, magical, not so magical. I'm still working on that TMI episode. I'm really excited about it, and I'm I'm trying to get something in the works with maybe a guest on that episode. So tune in for more information. And of course, follow me over on Coffee Talk at the Castle on Instagram. I love it. If you haven't rated me over on Apple Podcasts to go ahead and give me a rating, please. And thank you. And with that, I'm going to end this episode. Have a great week, you guys. 